right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my colleague, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? All right, so um, we don't really have much to talk about tonight, but uh, I think we're going to do one about how to get a deal um, on Facebook Marketplace. This would regards to Facebook or Craigslist, which isn't really a thing anymore, but it kind of is, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but... So we'll start off with what's new with you, Dozer? Well, what's new with me is Sam has told me about the Straightforward Farming podcast months ago. Dude, you got to listen to this. Like, whatever, dude. I'm, I'm maybe listen to one. Didn't really get into it. Well, I kind of circled back to it and started listening to it, and I, I just love it. I think I think the the I think my mistake there, which showed out shout out to Tony Reed and Nick McCormick who do that podcast. They do an excellent job. So maybe our eleven listeners will reach out and add to their thousands of listeners. But I think the episode I introduced you to was the one about uh, when Tony had Lyme disease. Um, okay. And, and it was a context thing. I think we were talking about Lyme disease, and I wanted to share Tony's experience with Lyme disease but it didn't really give a good feel for what their podcast is all about. Um, and then circle back to a couple of weeks ago, there was an episode that dropped and you would text me like, or call me or whatever, like, dude, this episode's great. And I hadn't listened yet. And I think you've been binging ever since because oh, it, it's got the perfect mixture of rants and nostalgia and horsepower. Yeah. Horsepower and nostalgia. And then like, they're talking about putting John Deere motors and Chevy pickups. And like, I just love that part of hot, hot rodding. I, like, let's, let's put something, let's put a motor in somewhere it doesn't belong. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I just love it. And uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a city boy, grew up in town, but in the, I mean, I've always loved things with motors. Tractors have always been cool to me, but in the last three or four years, just like the seventies vintage tractors is just, I don't know why I'm just drawn to them. They've got an excellent style. You know, they have the horsepower wars going on and, you know, there still wasn't really computers and stuff. And those guys talk, you know, they're probably what, 10 years older than us. Yeah. Yep. About. They talk about, you know, farming with these tractors and, and such. So I really enjoy hearing about it. They talk about, Nick talks about, you got to, you know, when it's wet out, you got to really get some momentum, you know, throw some mud and how it was cool when you're a kid. And I just, you know, talk about people buying brand new tractors to turn into pulling tractors. Or or special ordering brand new tractors without three points or PTOs or hydraulics or anything. Yes. And how the dealerships must have looked at the people crazy like what the hell are you going to do with this tractor yes well you couldn't just go buy a used tractor a tractor pull so you just had to go buy a brand new one and that's what these guys were doing so yeah and i just love it and they're talking about combining in one of the episodes and they're saying oh the old combines didn't even have enough power to unload on the go like you could either run the unloading auger or harvest with it but you couldn't do both and my friend, Ryan Brandt, shout out again. Shout he gets, out. He gets brought up on this all the time. They decided that they were going to start farming. And so they rented 40 acres next to his dad's house. And they've got some pretty nice equipment. But they bought a John Deere 4400 combine, which is like a late 1970s, you know, perfect condition. You know, kept inside you know, it's got the John Deere decals that don't have the black stripes in them. Like it's the old John Deere graphics and stuff. I mean, it just, it just checks all the boxes for me. Which, which you've had a slight background because you did food plots for a lot of years for deer hunting. Well, and, and food plots isn't the thing. I mean, I farmed for my uncle, uh, which shout out, he's a listener also, if he ever gets this far, my uncle Roger, but my, my obsession with vintage garden tractors is really where I get into the into the farming scene. The old John Deere 400s. Yes, and I, in my opinion, they do not make a better-looking garden tractor than a John Deere 400. They I don't mean, make them like they used to, but... No, they, they look like a little 60-30, which, you know, Nick will say, and this is the most useless tractor in the world. You know, <laughs> but I, I bleed green, but I won't lie. I've been, I've been Facebook marketplacing uh, 1066s as well. So. There you go. 
you know, after listening to Nick. But so my buddy Ryan, they've got this John Deere 4400, you know, it's 95 horsepower, 13 foot bean head. Auger stays out the whole time. You know, it's not hydraulic. You have to manually put the auger out. Yep. And he called me today. I said, he was talking about something else. I said, hey, I've seen you've been combining on Snapchat. Oh, yeah, dude. I love it. He's like, it's the best. He's like, we're getting more acres next year. Like, this is amazing. He, and he's, I was like, yeah, I've seen the Snapchat. I, you know, would, I would love to experience that. He's like, we're doing it right now. Come Get out. here. Get so here. it was about 3.30 in the afternoon today and I looked and I would pretty much caught up on all my work. You know, of course there's always stuff to do at work, but so I told the, told the girls I'm going farming. So asked, asked the boss permission. He yeah, said, yes. Yeah. Okay. Basically I'm going farming. You're doing what? I'm, just, <laughs> I'm going to talk to one of my customers. Yeah. Yeah. We're really we're selling some pins yeah. or something. I don't know. So anyway, uh, went out there and went for a couple of rounds and it was just, it was amazing. Like it was like, the perfect amount of nostalgia. And and I got Snapchats from you while you were out there, just the, the auger putting beans into the hopper yes, and then you're augering it. out into the grain car. Yeah, they just, got a, yeah, well no grain car, there's just a gravity wagon, you know. Yeah, gravity wagon, sorry. So grain car I assume has like a an auger that you unload into semis and this is just a, a wagon like they right. were used in the seventies. Yeah. Last like, time I saw one of those in use was at uh, the Lilyville uh church parish picnic and they put uh basketball hoops in there and you had to throw your junk uh aluminum cans in yeah. it they well, didn't really use yeah. it for farming well, we're anymore farming, okay <laughs> like the pilgrims yes exactly <laughs> you know we've got a 50 dollar wagon and a 2500 combine and we're pulling it with an eighty thousand dollar truck hey you know so, whatever you know. it takes whatever it takes so it uh it was a it was an awesome experience what what really stands out to me is how smooth it was okay so you've got a mile of belt and chain mm -hmm. who knows how many bearings i mean in a john deere combine of that vintage let's say 60 70 bearings okay and you got a motor it's right next to the cab and dude it was like it was smooth as a sewing machine so it, i would like to get uh tony reed's feedback if the 4400 is better or worse than the gleaners that he always is so i think on. of that vintage i think the gleaners were we me and ryan talked about that today. okay i think the gleaners were the thing to have okay. you know with a 13 foot you know bean head sure yeah and they were big around here as, as tony says but ryan me and ryan kind of talked about that a little bit they they uh are looking at a red combine uh-oh even though uh you know, they have all John Deere equipment and I used to be a John Deere guy too, but I don't know, for some reason that's, you know, resale red, but exactly resale the, red. the way Nick talks about it, it's almost poetic. So, but, uh, the, Ryan said something about the axial flow. I don't know. And uh, then it's over my head. And my then guy. there's two generations of combine newer than the 4,400. That's supposed to be a really good machine for the money and age. Okay. So, you know, they're, they're going up there. So they're, you're going to buy the 4,400 and you're uh, going to do 20 acres next year. I w definitely would if I could. Well, well, so you live in a cornfield essentially. Right. Um, what would it take to rent a few acres off of your know. neighbor? Either, like well, knock he, on the door. Hey man, my here, neighbor the just deal. retired. Here's the deal. My neighbor just retired from, from farming, but he's got one of the other neighbors doing his land. But Ryan's like, we're, we're getting it like whatever it takes. Like we need more land to farm. And right. dude, it's just, and, and I told him is what it is, is we don't have to worry about feeding our family with this money. So it's a, it's a game. Almost. If, if all the, if all the seed blows out of the back of this machine, you know, we're still going to make our house payment. It's, it's hobby farming. Yes. Okay. So there's a, there's a certain level of low stress there. Sure. Yeah. So it, it was super cool. And I just love 70s vintage equipment. And, you know, it definitely 100% was not designed for the type of beans we have now. I guess that machine was made to eat like 12 to 16 inch tall beans. And these are like waist tall beans. Okay. And Ryan was saying back in the day, if you got 30 bushel an acre beans, it was a, it was. Bumper crop. Yeah. You bragged about it. And they were getting 40 bushel. So this machine has like all the analog gauges, no you know, your rotor readouts. speed and stuff. And, 
And, you know, you don't, I think they call it slugging a, slugging a combine. So Where you got too much coming in. Yeah, the, you, you plug it up. Okay. And I guess that's a real chore to get it done. And it almost happened a few times today. But there is no texting and combining with this machine. Like, you are constantly... So it didn't have auto steer. No. You weren't, you weren't TikToking while you were combining no. like all the guys that we see on so TikTok. So we were running this 4,400 through waist tall beans at one mile an hour. And every, I don't know, every 30 yards you had to hit the clutch to let it keep up. <laughs> so it was, it was just amazingly smooth. Did some research and like, you know, the cabs were rubber lined and had a radio. The air conditioner works in this thing. What? Yes. So it was it was super cool. I appreciated him inviting me out. I would like to know what that combine cost new because on, on I could probably tell you because on TikTok guys talk about you know these you know farmers buying these pieces of equipment and they're half a million dollars, three quarters of a million dollars, and it seems like the rate of inflation. You know, if you go do an inflation calculator, like what did a loaf of bread cost in 1977? Um, Versus what it costs today, it was X number percent increase. But like a brand new pickup truck in 1977 was $3,500. Now it's $100,000 for a brand new pickup truck. So what do these combines and tractors and stuff cost? Because like you said about how Nick talked about these guys going out and buying brand new tractors to do tractor pulling with. You know, it was just your average Joe like kids our age would just go to the dealership and order a brand new tractor to just go tear the shit out of on a tractor pole because they could afford it. And I think the rate of inflation is different for vehicles than it is for, you know, bread, milk, eggs, whatever. And a lot of that I think has to do with the technology. I mean, obviously there's no satellites, there's no computers, any of that mess on a 1977 John Deere 4,400. But it is on all this new stuff. And, you know, I think Dave Ramsey talks about people who talk about, you know, how the boomers, you know, saying that millennials can't afford houses because of avocado toast and this BS and that BS. And as while they look on, on their $1.4 million house that they bought for $88 back in 1984. Well, the difference is, is the standard of living now Everyone needs, you know, nine foot vaulted ceilings and we need granite countertops and we need all this fancy stuff as a, you know, standard of living. Well, no one buys a 1977 vintage house because they've got three bedrooms and a thousand square feet and a kitchen that you can't even turn around and only one person can work in. And no one in our generation wants any of that stuff. So I think the same things happen with farm equipment. So according to Google on yesterdaytractors.com, the 4400 in 1975 was $24,500 brand new. So that's that, probably a lot back that then. That was a lot back then. Because you figure a new truck was probably about six or $8,000. Or less. Yeah, for sure. In 70, what did you say, 75? 75. Yeah. That's, that's when they had, I think they come out with the diesel from okay. that year. They so, were gas before that. Right. So, I mean... It, it, it could be probably an arguable a rate of change between a $5,000 pickup truck to a $100,000 pickup truck, a $25,000 combine to a $750,000 combine. Um, so I, I'd probably be pretty comparable. Yeah, but it was it was a super, super cool experience. And uh, as long as I guess you didn't have to make a living at it, you know, farming would be pretty fun. Which, I mean, like Nick and Tony talk about how they couldn't imagine farming with an open station tractor, but their grandparents farm with horses and shit. Like that would have been right uptown for them. You know, like, hell yeah. Give me that tractor. I'll pick corn at one mile an hour. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? And I got super like nerd into it and started researching this combine. And they were saying before that was the, <clears throat> the John Deere 70, no. Yeah. 75, 95, the John Deere 95. And it was open cap. And you were a pussy if you had a cab on your combine back then. And they were saying John Deere didn't even plan on putting a cab on these. And you could buy them without a cab 
and they started selling more of them with a cab than without a cab. And they're like, oh, I guess we should start putting cabs on these combines. But All like, these pussy kids buying yeah, cabs but, but, on their combine. But the but the 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 article I read, like it was like shameful if you had a cab on your tractor, like you were soft as baby shit. Just don't make them like they used to. Guy. No, so that's probably about the time that you know the country started going to, to pot was when the men started riding in cabs. Yep. Then they, well, we won't go down that path. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do anything nearly as cool as that, uh, as far as my what's new. I went to Matt Toon, had uh, brunch with my old man, as metro as that sounds to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm out here combining with, you know, vintage equipment, getting dust in my hair. You're going to lunch. So uh, it was a early lunch, late breakfast, whatever, and... Uh, he invited me to the Honey Bee in Mattoon. Never ate there before. It used to be Pagliacci's, and it was amazing. I will be back several times. They have a huge menu, anything you could want. You take your whole family there. Someone, No one's going to leave disappointed. I mean, all the food looks absolutely delicious. I had steak and eggs. Best steak and egg breakfast ever had. Hands down, highly recommend. Uh, he got me some podcast chairs they are bank teller chairs nice um they're way more comfortable than the uh card table folding chairs that we were sitting on um but i've been informed that uh they're just a regular chair but i disagree because they are pneumatically telescoping way higher and way lower than a normal office chair they don't have arms and the backs are adjustable they are for bank tellers uh you know, to conduct business at a bank. And we were kind of joking around they're, like they're ergonomically pleasing. They are. So like imagine, you know, an, a, there's an industry for everything. You know, you wouldn't, wouldn't stop and think that there's a company out here making an honest living, making chairs for people to sit in while they exchange money at a bank. Um, but there is, so... I've always said there's an ass for every seat, and that's no pun intended. <laughs> Except there is definitely an intended pun in there. <laughs> um, it's, real, aside, it's real punny. Aside from that, um, did some work on the uh, Volkswagen. Uh, had some turn signal issues going on, and messed with that a little bit. Ordered some more parts. Um, so, tech tip of the day. If you are in the market... For anything parts related, just go to the internet. Don't even screw around with the parts store. Um, you know, I might get flamed for saying this, but there's a huge markup in everything car part related. Um, you're paying for a lot of convenience to go to AutoZone, O'Reilly's, whatever. They have their place. Don't get me wrong. I mean, all my automotive shops rely on them to get parts, you know, quote unquote relatively quickly same day whatever to do repairs on vehicles but it's just a little shit so i do a lot of shopping on rock auto and there's an art form to rock auto mm. trying to get all of your warehouses the same to save mm -hmm. on shipping um and as a rule when i get on rock auto i try to get everything i need in one shot never works but to kind of save on shipping i'll kind of go through my fleet of vehicles and decide is there something i could use for this that or whatever See if it matches the warehouse. And one thing I will always recommend to you, if you're in the market for any car parts and you're on Rock Auto to buy anything, throw wiper blades on there. Wiper blades at the auto parts store are between $20 and $30 per blade. And the most expensive one on average that you can buy from Rock Auto is like $7. And it's a good high-end Anco brand. And... I run them on everything. So if I'm getting car parts, like if I don't even need wiper blades, I'll just look up a random vehicle I own and buy $14 for the wiper blades for it and have them in the garage ready to go when I need them. Um, That's wiper blades are probably like anything else. They all come out of the same factory and at the end of the line, they put them in different boxes. Right. So um, there's someone out there making a living an honest living making wiper blades. <laughs> there is. So probably several people. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Back to the, the Volkswagen, it needed the headlight that I put in it, Chinese piece of shit, had just the dimmest halogens you could think of. I was or like, as Nick says, two big lighters. Two big lighters. So I, I was like, I'll just run to the parts store and I'll get like the 
silver star platinums, excuse me, or whatever. And uh, they were $75 for the H7 beams Woo. Uh, for a pair. And this Volkswagen takes four of them. And I'm like, I'm not spending 150 bucks on uh, on just headlight bulbs. So I get on Rock Auto and I look. The same, I guess, Kelvin temperature, blah, 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 all the shit. I Basically, identical bulb was $24 for the pair. Um, so I was like, screw this. Went home, got online, started looking. And uh, I decided, you know what? I'm going to be a little bougie. I'm going to spend a little bit more money, and I bought LED conversion bulbs. Oh. So the H7 LED conversion bulb, because I put them in our toter that uh, we had and made a huge difference, just night and day difference. I mean, if you've ever driven anything older than like a 2010, you'll know that old vehicles had shit headlights. Two big lighters, as Nick says. And uh, the LED conversion bulbs, if you can find them, that fit your application would hands down highly recommend. Now there's a lot of shitty ones that I would kind of steer clear from. I mean, you get what you pay for when it comes to LEDs, but in my tool, my old tool truck, uh, we put LED conversion, the sealed, the rectangle seal beam, um, halogens. They have conversion seal beam LEDs. Same for, you know, your seven inch round headlight bulbs and Jeeps and whatnot. And my, Daily Driver Jeep has the $50 Amazon ones, and they're shit. They're absolute garbage. I mean, they're a little bit better temperature-wise, but not really brightness-wise in the sealed beam halogens. But we put the $200 a bulb, you know, DOT-rated LEDs in my tool truck, and those were legitimately night and day different, super bright. So so you're the jack wagon blinding people now. Uh, yeah, uh, I am. So Perfect. Yeah, so you're welcome for that. Anyway, the uh, the LED conversion should be in this week. I'm gonna get them swapped in. Hopefully, those are kind of cool. And uh, still Maybe waiting. Maybe she'll on- be able to see the deer before she hits it this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> woo. So uh, anyway, yeah. Basically, that's kind of what I had going on. Then I had the taillights go bad on the flatbed kind of poked around on that with my test light couldn't really get anything figured out there which if you're in the market for a test light i highly recommend obviously the snap-on one but any of them that show voltage because i had an issue where i was showing a positive power source but i only had nine volts mm-hmm. which nine volts will not run an incandescent tail lamp bulb so i kind of did a little more poking around Switch to my power probe, which actually has the ability to produce power and ground to the tip of the, the meter there, and found out that I had some backfeeding issues. Um, I had some grounds crossed over on some power wires somewhere way up the line, and I had just all kinds of wonky shit going and decided I'm just going to rip it all out and start over fresh when I put the actual truck bed on. So It's amazing how it's worked till now. It's it's incredible. I mean, it, it did, there was never, I mean, I had a couple bulbs that didn't work, but it's an old farm truck, didn't really pay it too much attention. But yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I've got going on right now is, you know, all my shitty shit. And my Jeep is doing this new thing where uh, 1998 fuel-injected OBD2 vehicle uh, is now running about the l- same quality as my 74 Dart with a carburetor. When it's cold, it uh, just won't idle. Um, mm. Just you know, go out and fire it up of a morning, which it's getting colder out now, and just won't idle. So you got to kind of not really pump the gas, but hold the throttle open with your foot until it gets a little bit of heat built, and then it'll idle about 400 RPM. And when it warms up, it runs fine, which a buddy of, uh, buddy of ours, Jason, said that, the computer temperature sender will go bad telling the computer that it's negative 100 degrees outside and it needs to fatten up the fuel mixture and uh, then obviously it's not going to run on overfueling. And uh, I confirmed that this morning with my nose, uh, trying to fire it up, kind of revving the shit out of it. It was running pretty rich. So that might be on the short list, but... uh, that's just what I got going on. 
So anyway, let's get into actual meat and potatoes of this episode. Hold on, we had one more fan feedback. Oh, what's that? We what's had that? A, we had a podcast name suggestion. A name? Su- yes, we've already named the, this. We've already named it. We've had a name change suggestion. Uh, what would that be? My uncle Roger said the podcast should be called "A Little of Sam Goes a Long Way." <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Roger. Uh, shout out to Tom. <laughs> He asked you the other day when we first started this. He said, "What? He said, what do you what do you got a podcast about being a dumbass?" <laughs> I said, "No. Well, yeah, actually, kind of yeah. Actually, yeah. That's basically all we talk about." Oh uh, hell. So anyway, all right. Well, thank all you for right. that feedback, Roger. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's get to some meat and potatoes. Okay. So the name of this episode is "How to Get a Deal on Facebook Marketplace." Yes. So. The big thing is, you know, you, you search in Marketplace, see a good deal, and, oh, it's already sold, or, you know, you can't get to it, and just, just never get the good deals, you know. It's it's somebody else always gets the good deals, and I never get a deal like that, you know, what people say. You always you always hear, like, I only paid $200 for this. You're like, there's no way, there's no well, there is a way. Yes, um, so here's and your secret episode. So, write so, this down. So yeah, get your pen and paper out. Write this stuff down. Um, this is our experience on how to get a deal. Right. This may not be true at all. Your results may vary. Yes. Yeah. Consult a doctor. Cons- please consult a doctor if your erection lasts longer than four hours. <laughs> exactly. So, so the number one, the absolute number one thing. Um, let's start from the beginning. You know, like you find a deal. Okay. So okay. you, you find a deal or what you think is a deal. Yes. Let's, you know. Are we talking automotive or are we talking anything? Anything, I would anything? say. Okay. Anything? Okay. All right. That's a Let's deal. go. All right. Anything that's a deal. So first, you, if, it's a, if it's a really good deal, the seller's phone is blowing up. For sure. Because there's people out there looking for it and he's probably got 50 messages on this thing. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would suggest, and Sam can confirm or deny is I like to give extra information, not, is this available? I want it. When can you, you know, I always put what year is it, you know, but never. So as a seller on marketplace, I'll tell you also, there's a bunch of key things that really irk me off as a seller. I just refrain from doing it if all possible as a buyer. Number one is the canned, response from facebook that is this available most guys put in their ads now i will not even respond to is right. this right well a lot of people hit it by accident well yeah so and then never ever ask a question that's in the description read the description completely start to finish at yes. least a couple times um and that look at the pictures you know how many miles does it have on it well there's a picture of the odometer so yeah. i always try to zoom in on the pictures answer all the questions I have about it by myself before asking any questions to the seller. And like Dozer said, if it's going to be a really good deal, his phone's blowing up. Right. So I always like to put, especially if it's close, you know, I'm from Effingham, you know, I'm only 45 minutes away. I have my own trailer. I have the money. I'm, I'm ready to come whenever you can. Trailers hooked up. Straps are loaded, gas is in the truck. Yes, I will come right now. Yeah. And it also helps. It's kind of a dirtbag bullshit move, but I like to if if a guy won't message me back, I send him a picture of the wad of cash in my hand. Yeah. Have you had any luck with that? I have. So I'll tell I'll tell you a story about that. I always hate when people do that, but I mean if it works, it works. So I uh went and by Comanche. It was one of those deals. And sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. So, oh yeah, I remember this. So, because he ghosted you on that. So, right? so the guy had this Comanche for sale, and I believe it was a Sunday. It was a weekend, obviously. I believe it was a Sunday, and I saw it, and it was posted in a couple different places. Had a whole bunch of comments. I mean, comment, 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 comment. Nobody was actually saying, "Hey, I'm on my way. Um, I'll take it, whatever." And the guy was down in Noble, which is about a 50, 60 minute drive from Effingham, depending on which way you go. And I messaged him. He messaged me back once or twice. Like, yeah, it's available. 
um, just lost interest in the project, whatever. And I was like, well, you available today? And he said, yes. And that was really all the information that we had exchanged and that and the price. And so I just got my truck, went and got the trailer, went and got the cash. And I just drove to Noble. I just drove straight there. An hour goes by and didn't hear a word from this dude. Um, uh, probably 10 minutes out. No, no response back. I sent him a picture of the wad of cash in my hand and I'm like, Hey, I'm almost there. Where's your address? I pull over in, in the middle of town, which there's like 500 people mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there on my phone, um, scrolling through Facebook and scrolling through my messages. No answer back. Like he hasn't even read the message on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, I remember thinking, well, fuck. I'm in Noble. I got a trailer. I got whatever. I don't remember what it was two grand, whatever money I had in my pocket. I don't remember how much it was, but I'm not coming home empty handed. I'm committed now. I'm going to go buy something. So I was on Facebook Marketplace for about 20 minutes trying to find something in Noble or around there in Olney, whatever to buy. Couldn't really find anything. I'm like, God damn it. I really wanted this Comanche because um, it was cheap. I mean, it was pretty cheap. So I get turned around. I'm going to take a different way home just to kind of see some different countryside or whatever. And, uh, I end up pulling up on the side of the road and there was a John Deere tractor for sale. Had to send that to Dozer, make sure he knew about it in case it was a deal. I could have probably brought it home for him because I had the trailer, you know? And, uh, I was like, well, screw it. So I no sooner pulled on, pulled on the highway to come home, got 50 foot on the highway. He messes me back. Hey, just sorry, just got home, phone was dead, blah, 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 whatever. So I slam on the brakes, turn around, he sends me his address, and I go get it. And just one of those things, like right place, right time, there was at least 100 comments on this thing because it was at least half uh, market value that he had it posted for. So um, along the same lines would be probably tip number two on the cash deal. Yeah, go. I mean, yeah, we can go into that. So um, be prepared obviously. So, um, have, like we were saying, have the trailer ready or not maybe ready, but have it accessible, quickly accessible, um, and have cash on hand, have at, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. I try to have a couple grand in a safe stash for just a rainy day fund, you know, um, never know when something's going to come up that you need to buy. Um, you know, you do some landscaping at your girlfriend's house, got to pay the landscaper, get a better deal for cash or, um, you know, whatever the situation is, my, my girlfriend's in banking and she thinks it's stupid to have cash at home. Well, cash talks, BS walks. That's true. So, um, and it's had more times than I can recall right now at this, at this exact time, the, the Comanche for one, um, the current silver truck I'm trying to buy right now was for sale for about half of what it was worth. On a Sunday, guy listed it on a Sunday, and I was at, well. Both my my white truck, my flatbed I drive now, and the silver truck were both Sunday deals. And had I not had a few grand in cash at home, there I I would have been fifth in line on Monday morning after going to the bank. But since I had the cash in the safe, I Sunday afternoon went and picked up a truck for way under market value, and. And actually, and actually, Sam saved me on this. My wife and I went and bought a Jeep unexpectedly on a Sunday. Really good deal over by Kansas City, Missouri. And we didn't have the money out of the bank. We had it in the bank. And I just knew I messaged Sam like, hey, can you spot me? I knew he kept some cash on hand. Yeah, no problem. Went to his house, got the money. And I remember my mom and dad are like, how are you, how do you have the money for this? Like, I'm going to go get it from Sam. Like, Sam, like, why does he have the money? Like, <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah. And, and it's it, people who aren't wheeler dealers or, you know, into the kind of stupid shit we are. They find it appalling that you would have more than a couple hundred bucks just on hand at any right. given time because, well, your money's not safe. It's not earning any interest in the bank. And that's always the biggest argument in the bank, you're an interest. And I've made more money by keeping money in my safe than I have right. made my entire life on CDs, checking accounts, you name it. In the bank, I've made more return on investment by having cash on hand. Which, you know, keeping a, a bigger sum of money at home is weird to some people, but 
that goes back to the saying, if you want things you've never had, you've got to do things you've never done. 100%. And yeah. Dr. Seuss says you've got to be odd to be number one. Okay. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. Got le- Leave it to Dr. Seuss, man. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's just... He's also canceled, though, from what I understand. Happens to the best of us. Yep. Hopefully not us. Not Red right now. Redfish, bluefish, man. You can't be having that. I guess not. That's, that's racist. Yeah. There's something. So... How else can you get a t- uh, deal on Marketplace, Dozer? So I think I never really finished my first thing. You know, I, you, you just give a lot of information, you know. Not your canned response. Let them know you're serious. I've got the money. I've got a trailer. Uh, try to work with them. You know, I always like to ask the question, how soon are you available? Not when can I look at it? When can I take it for a test drive? How soon are you available? Especially if it's a really good deal. I know... Like my father-in-law found a trailer one time and actually my father-in-law has found a couple of deals and, you know, he found them early, but whatever was going on, you know, with him at the time, he was busy, couldn't get to him. You know, there's, they were going to sell the next person and there's enough, you know, people who don't show up that even if you are going to show up in two days, they don't believe you. They sell it out from underneath So, you. you know, I'm lucky that I have a job where I can take off, um, take off and, and go get such a deal. And, you know, I don't know how someone in a different position could handle that, but, you know, at least be ready to go after you're off work. Right. And, 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 and there's a fine line too. I mean, we can have this at like a two part thing. This is what we're talking about right now is when you see a $10,000 truck listed for $6,000, it's, I will come right now with the money and I'll come and get it. Then there's an additional, how do you kind of talk a guy down from his asking price? And if you go overboard with the, I'll be there right away, I'm ready to go, here's the cash, I'm a buyer, you don't really have much room for negotiation when you get there. But a lot of people aren't master negotiators and a lot of people feel socially obligated to meet you in the middle. So even if it's a really good deal, I, I mean, I get all my good deals on situations I'm willing to walk away from. You yeah. know, if, if you drive an hour to get something and it's not worth, I mean, if it's, if it's worth what you want when you get there, you can always try to talk them down on price. And if they don't budge, oh man, my phone's blowing up. I got to sell it for this. Then you buy it and you still got a good deal. Yeah, and but but if you get there, everybody's. Well, what if I get there and it's not good? Well, then then you can start negotiating. Uh, I bought a '66 Mustang on my birthday one year over in St. Louis. Guy said it's rust free. Drive over there in the snow. Took off work. Drove over there. It was, he was wanting like thirty five hundred dollars for it. Got there, looked at it, completely rusted out. Needed frame rails. Needed torque boxes. I said, man, I thought you said this was rust free. Oh, you know, uh, you know, I said, I'm not interested. And me, I think my brother went with me, got in the truck. We're backing out of the guy's driveway. He comes, bangs on the window, roll down the window. What would you give me for it? And I said, I- I'd give you 800 bucks for it. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. And me and my brother just look at each other like what just happened. Yeah. So that, that applies to just about any deal. Um, Facebook marketplace or otherwise business doesn't matter. Real estate. Um, Dave Ramsey will say the same thing. Be prepared to walk away. The walk away power is, is a huge power in a negotiating uh, situation. You know, like he said, just like Dozer said, the best deals are when you're don't have to have it. I mean, the, the more, the worse that you want something, the bad, the, the, the badder you want it, the more that the the seller can tell that this guy's not walking away and it stings a little bit to walk away, but you got to be prepared for it. I drove to, uh, Southern Illinois somewhere to look at a Jeep just not too long ago. Um, it was down around, uh, South of Mount Vernon off in the stick somewhere. Uh, again, it was a Sunday deal. It was a Jeep, um, super rust free, low mileage, uh, Cherokee and I, you know, it's a good deal. I'm just going to get it. 
guy was Hispanic, couldn't speak, couldn't really communicate that well on, on messenger. And I thought, screw it. I'm just going to go drive down there and look at it. I had the cash with me. I get there. Didn't even think about it. It was two wheel drive. It was a Texas Jeep, which is why it was rust free. But in Texas, they don't sell four-wheel drive Jeeps because they don't need them. And Rock Holsty found that out the hard way on his brand-new pickup truck. And I've maybe seen in my person with my own eyes one other two-wheel drive Cherokee. I know they're out there. They made a bunch of them because they made a couple million Cherokees. But I didn't even think about it when I got there. And I was like, shit, I don't even want this thing. So guy, guy shows up, and his story was it was, you know, he got – whatever was wrong with it and had to park it. Oh, it needed a starter. So I never did hear it run. Needed a starter and he doesn't want to fix it because the cops know him in that vehicle and he got busted for DUI a couple of times. And so now he can't drive it cause he still drinks and drives and blah, blah, blah. So I lowballed him. I, you know, I, whatever I give him, I don't remember what it was I'm asking for it now, but uh, yeah, I walked away because they had a couple little things. The ignition switch was busted. Like it'd been stolen and uh, I mean, he had the title and everything, but just it, it was not a deal the, for what he was wanting. I offered him about half what he was asking because that's what I would have had to been in it to make it four wheel drive or whatever I would want to use it for. And it kind of sucked driving home an hour and a half with nothing on the trailer. But sometimes it's what you got to be prepared to do is to, is yeah, to walk I away. I mean, walking is probably better than buying something that's not a good deal. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I was out. $75 in diesel fuel. If I'd have brought it home for what he was asking, um, you know, the whole sunk cost analysis, well, I'm already $50 in fuel in this job. I might as well get it done. You know, I'd have, I'd have maybe spent the next six months and a couple grand to break even on the deal, which whatever, you know, maybe you broke even, right, but you'll get them next time. I'd, I'd rather lose 50 bucks in diesel fuel than have to screw around for six months or whatever. So, Right. And, and some people like, Oh man, you got lucky on that deal. You got lucky. Some would argue that luck is where, where opportunity and preparation meet. That's that. I will stand by that forever. Um, I, I don't believe in luck, um, in the, you know, standard sense of the term. Um, the term gets thrown around there, but like those are saying, if you are ready when the opportunity arises, then you are in a good position and people will view that as being lucky. So yeah, just all around be prepared, have some cash, have some free time, have a trailer. Um, and then the next thing would be when you get there, you know, make friends with the guy, you know, talk to him like, you know, him. Oh yeah. You know, and I'm not necessarily saying lie to the guy, but, you know, I'm, you know and, and especially if you are planning on restoring it and keeping it, you know, not just flipping it like that 69 dart I bought. You know, we talked to that guy for hours. You know, I was planning on restoring that car. He was excited to see me restore it. It was, it was and, one of my favorite stories going and buying shit with you. We bought, we were looking for something else. Yeah, an Opal GT okay. with, a, with a 350 Chevy in it. And they ghosted us. Yeah, we got to the Mississippi River and the guy quit answering messages. So I had like the 3G hotspot on my phone and my laptop and we cruised Craigslist for like an hour trying to find something to buy. Yeah, like I think we you were going to get your dad's guitar that yes. you had worked on yeah. or restrung or something. Yeah, my dad had a, a D40, D35 Martin guitar that had a warranty issue and it was at this repair shop down in St. Louis by the river. And we just made a day of it. And, uh, like I said, the guy ghosted us and we found this dart after some searching on Facebook and it like those were saying, make friends with the guy, be sociable, you know, don't be afraid to tell your story because I mean, some, some people you just all business, like just buy the shit, get out of here. But most people, you know, are just people and they want to be friendly and they want to make a new friend. And this guy, and they want to know this car, which was his dad's car. So was the, going to someone who wasn't a dirt bag. Yeah. This, this guy, his dad from the story I remember was an insurance salesman I and it was oil field. Was it oil field? It was oil field. And 
had three cars, identical. 1969 Dodge Dart Swinger, Slant 6, Automatics, and bench seat cars. And they, whatever profession, oil field, whatever, they, they ran these cars back and forth. And he told us a story about how he was going, like he had just learned to drive, 16, 17 years old, and he was going from St. Louis to Kansas City, and his mom and dad were in the back seat, and him and his girlfriend at the time were in the front seat. No, opposite. His dad was driving. He was in the back seat with his girlfriend. No, you're wrong. No. You, you are wrong. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, because the end of the story. So he's driving to his Kansas City. His dad tapped him on the shoulder. Okay. And said, keep your eyes. So there was some you know R-rated activity going in the front seat while his dad was, quote unquote, asleep in the back seat. And after the R-rated activity had finished, his dad reaches up, taps, taps him on the shoulder and says, keep your eyes on the road, son. <laughs> and, and that was the one car that he hung on to after the business was gone, his dad was gone, he still had this car, and he was excited to sell it to Dozer knowing that it was going to go to a good home. His name was Sam, too. His, his name was Sam, yeah. We got a picture of Dozer and Sam uh, next to the car in the middle of our... We, he, he was on a trailer frontwards and we backed it off of his trailer onto the jedco trailer and it was a shit show yeah it was terrible <laughs> it was awful but I mean, he was asking like four thousand for it and i think we got it bought for like 2500 bucks yeah because because of the story and and that's the thing is is don't be afraid to spin a yarn and like like don't don't lie but you know i'm gonna go do this with this vehicle and i'm not just gonna lowball you and screw you and go make a dollar on you because one thing to know about um, the vast majority of the population is success is evil to most people. And if you are going to make money on something you buy from somebody, they do not need to know that because they won't sell it to you on principle because if you're going to make the money, well, why can't they make the money? And I've sold a few things and people have been like, well, why'd you sell it so cheap? You know, you could have got more money out of that. Well, you're not wrong. But I sold it for what I wanted to sell it for. And I was happy with that price. I don't care if that guy goes and makes a dollar, a hundred dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars. I might be like, damn, you know, maybe I should have listed it for more. But I was willing to sell it for what he bought it for. Otherwise, I wouldn't have sold it. Um, I'm a big fan of leave some meat on the bone for the next guy. Right. So, and in Dozer's case, maybe a lot of meat. But but we won't get into that. That was old me. That, okay, we're turning we're turning a corner. We're turning a corner. We're we're gonna be a little bit better about our uh, project buying and selling. So, and then the next thing is you do not get what you don't ask for. So, I mean, you're a hundred percent not gonna get a lower price if you don't ask for it. And you don't don't be insulting. Don't be like, yeah, I wouldn't. You know. This thing's a piece of shit. You know, I'll give you half. You know, don't be like that. Uh, my orange Jeep, when I bought it, the guy told me he had turned down several offers at, well, I was going to skirt around it, but we'll just talk about it. The guy told me he turned down several offers at $8,000. You know, I, I run this guy off my property. He offered me that. This is unreasonable, blah, 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 blah. So... You know, he had already turned down that amount, but, you know, I just told him, I said, you know, this is, this is rougher than I thought it was. You know, I know you've turned down this amount and you've got some other offers higher. You know, I'm, I'm here now with a trailer and money and, you know, I'm not trying to insult you, but I would need to get it bought for $8,000. And that's where I'm comfortable. You know, if you don't want to take it, I understand, you know, you don't have to just, you know, you kind of make it a shit sandwich, they say, you know, kind of sugarcoat it. And you don't want to be rude about it. Uh, you just, you know, it's, it might be worth more to other people, but this is where I'm at. And, I mean, he bid on it. I paid a little bit more than that, but he, he bid on it, and he sold it to me for a price under what he had allegedly ran other people off his property at. So one, one line I like to use, which is very common, is, well, what is, what is the lowest you'd take? Not what's your bottom dollar. I hate that. What's your bottom dollar? Well, I, I hate, I hate what's all, especially when that's the first thing, you know, what's your bottom dollar? Like whatever, dude. Yeah. 
but so like after you talk to the guy for a while, so and I try to do it in person. Like if I'm yes. if, if I'm if I'm messaging back and forth, the 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 craziest I'll get is are you negotiable on yeah, price? Are you flexible? Are you flexible? Are you negotiable? I, I like to say are you negotiable on price? And they'll typically say, Yeah, a little. Mm-hmm. Well, if something's listed if, if something's listed for eleven thousand five hundred and they say, Yeah, a little I can buy that for ten grand all day, all day. So then, when you get there and you got cash in your hand, not a cashier's check, not a bank loan or whatever, you say, "I, you know, I don't try to insult the guy, but I'll say, well, like Dozer's, it's a little rougher than I was thinking. Um, it's going to need tires. It's going to need uh, this or the check engine lights on or or whatever. Don't insult the guy, but just point out one or two little things that." You didn't really see in the ad that wasn't called out in the ad because he knows what he's doing. He knows that it's got a cracked windshield or he knows that the tires are worn or he knows that the air conditioner is not working right or the check-in. I mean, he knows it's his vehicle. I mean, he's run with it. He's Right, he, and he, he didn't put that stuff in the ad on purpose. Yeah, so like, oh, well, you know, I, it's got this, it's got this, and I'm going to have a little bit of money in this. And and uh, you so what's what's what is the lowest that you would take on this? And well, it's it's listed for eleven five. I'd 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 like to get ten. Well, that's a dead giveaway. I'd like. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I'd I'd like a freaking pony. So, okay. Um. So you'd like to get ten. So this is in my head, and I'm thinking, well, I brought ten with me because I knew I could get it bought for that. And I say, well, I'd like to be in and around, you know, eight thousand. Or whatever. And, oh man, that's that's not that's that's not enough. That's not enough. Like, well, here's the deal, man. I'm gonna have a thousand bucks in wheels and tires on it. Um, I'm gonna have at least two hundred dollars fixing the whatever the air conditioning. I'm gonna have a couple hundred. But like, man, I'm gonna have ten grand in this thing before I even get it plated. Well, blah 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 blah. You know, and so I've already offered him eight grand. He's he's kind of hinting around that he's not gonna take that. And then so I'll be like, well, I got cash. Here's, I got, and you know, I, it depends on how crazy you want to get. Like sometimes I'll have the cash with me. I'll have it separated up in stacks of a thousand. And, uh, I'll, I'll be like, well, dude, I, here's, I, I brought nine grand with me and you just pull the nine grand out. And then something happens in the human brain when they see green 100 or blue mm-hmm. now $100 bills in their face. They're, you know, they, they, when the moment that you said that you were coming to get them, and they've got it listed for $11,500 and they know that you're coming and that you're going to buy it. They've already spent that 11 grand from the whole hour. It took you to drive from Effingham to wherever it's at. They're thinking, I'm going to go buy this. I'm going to go pay on that loan. I'm going to go buy a new sofa, a new TV, whatever the thing is, they've got the money spent. Mm-hmm. And then when you get there and start negotiating, they're thinking, Oh man, I, I really, I had all this shit plan. I was going to buy. And then they're like, oh, this guy, you know, he's lowballing me, whatever. But then they see that nine grand. They're thinking, well, I may not be able yeah, to get the seventy-two inch, but hand to in the bush. But you that's know? that sixty-five inch is looking pretty good. And and nine times out of ten, in my experience, you put that cash in their face, not like in their face, but you let them see that money, and their tune kind of changes. Like, well, oh man, my bottom dollars, my bottom dollars, you know, nine grand, like would you meet in the middle of 85 and you've already, you know, you were going to buy it for 10, but you right. just met in the middle. You know, it, that's, that's, that's hardwired into our brains meeting in the middle. You know, you try to be a reasonable, you know, person, you know, just in general and it's hardwired. Like, well, he's at eight, I'm at nine. Yeah. 85. Fuck it. I'll take it. And, right. and then you just save $1,500 over just what you were asking. You were prepared to spend just for asking the question. I mean, it's awkward and, and people get this in, in their mind. Oh, he's going to be mad. He's going to be, be pissed at me. It's rude. It's uncomfortable. But like, I mean, that's just all in your head. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never had anybody get physically and, you know, real upset by, you know, they may, Oh, come on. Don't low, low ball me, you know, but you know, no one's ever, you know, brought their fist up. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm don't not gonna... super insult them. You know, if it's worth 13 and they're at 10, you know, you may just bite the bullet, but you know, if it's worth 11 and they're at 10, maybe try to get it for nine. And, and I have, I have lost deals, you know, from asking for a better price and, and it'll happen, you know, 
you say, you know, would you take this? Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'll just keep it for that. Like, well, I'll meet you in the middle. Like, no, no, I'm just going to keep it. And that happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something. Then they sh- probably sell to the next guy for less. And, and, and it happens and, and you got to deal with that. But uh, that's just the way it is. So I'll tell you one that happened to me recently. Uh, a couple years ago, well, it been a year and a half ago. It was right after the after Trump Trump cash or Trump bucks came the Biden bucks, and it was right after Biden bucks. There's been a Comanche in Sullivan that I've been eyeballing for years. Um, pretty rust free, just pretty pretty nice little unit, and it's sitting outside of this kind of a rundown house that's kind of been under construction for a couple of years. Full of beer cans in the bed. I mean, just absolutely full. I stopped in there, and this purple-haired gal come out and wearing some kind of Leonard Skinner t-shirt. And Three Wolf Moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, uh, notice this truck out here. Uh, whose is it? Oh, it's my brother, uncle, cousin, whatever. <laughs> is he around? Yeah, yeah. Sister cousin. Yeah, so he, he comes out, and I'm like, hey, I'm interested in buying this Jeep that's been sitting out here for a while. And he says, nope, can't get rid of it. Uh, it was my brother's, he's dead and I got to keep it. I was like, well, okay. You know, I understand. Um, I'm interested. I like these things. I've had a couple of them. Here's my card. Uh, here's my number. If you ever want to sell it, just let me know. No, yeah, I'm not going to sell it, whatever, which in hindsight, I should have done it before they started writing thousands of dollars worth of checks to everybody who doesn't have a job. But, uh, you know, they were, not need the money. They didn't need to sell it. And, uh, three weeks ago, drive by it's gone. It's gone. Hasn't come back. I'm sure they've sold it. I haven't even stopped in, uh, just cause I've been so disgusted at myself for not stopping in again and checking, but you know, you're not going to win them all. Um, that's just kind of the, the way it is. Any more tips, Dozer? Uh, my tip was, and this one's going to sound crazy, but I feel like a large portion of my deals come from going to the bathroom. Okay. So when you sit down to use a restroom, don't get on TikTok. Don't get on Instagram. A number two, if you will. Yes. Uh, you know, don't, don't just aimlessly, you know, cruise the internet. Get on Marketplace and, and look for deals. I have found multiple deals, mostly tractors, using the bathroom. Okay. Sit down, open up that Marketplace app. The The algorithm knows what you want. Yep. And and just start looking. And I've bought, I know for a fact, two tractors doing that. Possibly my Falcon was bought that way. In fact, I know it was. Okay. In fact, I know it was. Okay. So uh, I <clears throat> I told Jason that too. You know, he was talking about wanting to, to, to get a good deal on something. I said, man, just every time you sit down in the bathroom, you know, life's busy. You get busy and work's busy and kids are busy. But when you're sitting down in the bathroom. That's you time. That's five minutes. You can, or three hours if you ask my <laughs> wife. But anyway, uh, you know, look, look for something. The, the algorithm will push it right to the top. It knows what you want. And you might just get a deal that day. Yep. And then be ready to, to act. Okay. Yep. That's so a good one. My, That's I, a good one. I know that 4,300 John Deere I bought, um, not the combine, but the tractor, compact tractor. Okay. Was used in the bathroom. My Cub Cadet I bought, it's like a 7254 or something, using the bathroom. Falcon, using the bathroom. I mean, all the, all the deals. Okay. Okay. Yep. That, that would be a good tip. Um, if, if you're looking to buy something, you know, regardless of what it is, like you said, the Facebook algorithm for the marketplace is going to push that up to the top for you. Um, there's, there's some art form into, you know, search parameters if you're actively looking for something. Um, but like Dozer was saying, most of my stuff that I find, I'm just kind of scrolling, seeing what the algorithm brings up, um, seeing what I want to see. Um, some of it's from groups, some of it's not, some of it's from marketplace only, um, doesn't matter. Um, and don't discount looking for the wrong spellings. Sure. So Dodge Cummings, yep. John Deere with no E on the end, uh, you know, stuff like that. And that, and you know, you know, Camaro spelled wrong. Yep. And, uh, cause a lot of, a lot of your, 
lesser educated sellers are be willing to deal more and your educated buyers that are looking for a Camaro, they're going to spell it correctly. And so the guy who's got it spelled Comero is probably not getting a lot of hits because not a lot of people are seeing his ad. So um, another tip that I've got is if the guy is a boomer, so to speak, if he's an older gentleman and isn't responding well to Facebook messages and he has his phone number in the ad, call him. Don't text him. Don't text him. Do not text him because he's getting plenty of texts um, on his fancy Facebook messenger machine on his fancy smartphone. Mm -hmm. My convertible pickup truck that I found, um, it was down in Tennessee and the guy had in the ad, do not message me, call me. And I screw it. So I put the phone number in, I called him and he's like, you are the third person to call me. I don't even know how many Facebook messages I have. I can't even count that high. And when I ended up getting there, he showed me if he had one, he had 200 messages on his messenger mm-hmm. section that was labeled marketplace just for this truck. And it was, I mean, it was cool. It was a unique truck. Uh, you can find it on my Facebook somewhere, but he had just hundreds and hundreds of messages and two phone, three phone calls. Two guys wanting to trade for some bullshit and me wanting to buy it for cash. You and with pictures of, with pieces of paper of pictures of dead presidents. And uh, he told me, and I was like, man, I can PayPal you some money to hold it because I'm, you know, I can't get there till this weekend because you're freaking six hours away from me, but I want it. And he said, man, if you tell me you want it, it's yours. And that right there will tell you the kind of caliber of guy that you're dealing with because he's an older generation. He's not been jaded by the internet, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And and he's a man of his word and he's going to honor it. And I told him, Hey, I want it. He said, don't worry about sending any money. And when I got there, just the nicest freaking guy showed me his whole car collection and told me the whole backstory that he got on the truck. And it's just that kind of thing where if you can make the seller's experience better, he will make your buying experience better. Right. So, and we should honestly do another episode called selling on marketplace tips because that's the same thing. If well, if, that's, that's when we're going to have boss man on as a guest host for like our hustling episode. Cause I have a whole notepad here full of selling on marketplace tips. Yeah. Cause um, I, I like to talk to people on the phone when I'm selling too, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of BSers out there, a lot of, a lot of tire kickers, but if they'll talk to you on the phone, they're pretty serious. They're serious. Yeah, for sure. Like anybody like, Hey, can you got more pictures? Like, no motherfucker. If I had more pictures, they'd be on the damn ad. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, this goes back to like selling anything. I mean, I'm sure you would rather call me on the phone to talk about sweatshirts or ballpoint pens than text me about it. And I'm the same way with tools. Like guys like, Hey, you got a tool for this? Like, okay, call me. Like, first of all, what are you working on? Do you really need this tool or do you really need that tool? And you can convey a lot more information with a phone call. And then you can read a guy's mannerisms and voice a lot better because there's a lot of stuff that can be misconstrued over text message. And, oh, and yeah. anybody I mean, who's ever texted even knows that. Even friends, you yeah. know. Like, how, how, do you really mean it that way? Like, I took it kind of an insult. And you were just kind of, you know, pulling my chain as a as a joke, you right. know, or whatever. So, uh, is he really pissed at me or whatever? So, and then my last tip. is You got one more? Or? I'm out. Okay. I'm out my text. last tip is we, we talked this whole time about bringing a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, cause most of our shit doesn't run when we buy it or it's a project or whatever, but, um, or your buddy won't go with you to drive it back. home. Yeah. If, if you're going to bring it home and you're going to drive it, which has happened a couple of times, you know, I bought a ship box that actually ran and drove, which is rare for me, uh, but not rare for most people. Don't drive your best vehicle over there. No, no. Um, so like I have a, 2012 pickup truck in the driveway. I have a 2005 pickup truck in the driveway and I have a 98 Cherokee in the driveway. And if I'm going to go buy something, I have a fleet of vehicles to choose from to kind of really present myself in such a way that, you know, 
if if I'm a seller and I've got something listed for sale and a guy pulls up in a freaking Mercedes, like mm-hmm. ah, I'm not gonna budge on my price. Right. But if he drives up in a five hundred dollar Jeep Cherokee, like, dude, this guy needs some better freaking wheels. Yeah. Like I, I'm out. gonna do him a favor. Yeah. I'm gonna sell him this, you know, whatever. Like, you know, hey, I'll take fifteen hundred bucks off the price because this this kid, he's he he's, could use it. He he could use it. Yeah. So, I I always hated before I had a nice truck. I would always drive my dad's. My dad had that red truck that. 12 Ram 2500. Oh, lifted. Bart. Bart. Yeah, Bart, which stands for big ass red truck. And people be like, damn, nice truck. I'd be like, it's my dad's. I borrowed it. It's not mine. Yeah. Well, this is. And then my dad had a really, really nice 12,000 pound tilt deck trailer. Damn, this is a nice trailer. Not mine. Had to borrow it. And any chance, any chance I could get, I made people know none of this shit was mine. Yep. I, I'm, you know, I'm struggling here. Like yep. you, you know, it's. So anyway, now I've got a a pretty decently nice uh, Ram pickup truck with a Cummins. People are like, dang, that's a nice truck. Yep, it's got 400,000 miles on it. That's the first thing I say. Yep, yep. It it, it knocks it down a couple notches on yeah. the nice column. Yeah, so. it ain't got no rust. It looks good, but it's about wore out. It's a damn nice truck, though, for sure. It is. It is. I've, I have been in the driver's seat of that truck a lot of miles. That, that yeah. could, I, hey, Ryan Brandt, that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, that's all of our tips for uh, getting a deal on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, so uh, if you got any tips, send yeah, us an email. What's, yeah. the, what's the address? It is ask, A-S-K, short story long at gmail.com or Facebook Messenger. We have our own uh, Facebook page now. Ask, or it's just short story long podcast. It's on Facebook. Um, you can find either us on Facebook. We're not on TikTok or Twitter or any of that bullshit. But uh, yeah. We appreciate you guys' feedback, and thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you next time, guys. Yep, have a good one.